Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello again and welcome to The Work Report. This is episode 22, uh, sorry, 21 actually, I'm getting carried away myself. I'm sure I don't have to tell you lovely people that we have a very good reason to celebrate. Uh, Sunderland pasted Crystal Palace 4-0, gave Sam Allardyce something to think about certainly and of course Patrick Van Anholt, so much for that better squad. Um, yeah, so we'll just get started thinking about that and talking about that. Basically today we've got Gav with us, how you doing Gav? I'm now no longer afraid to leave the house because <laughs> I, don't, I support a rubbish team and overjoyed. Willing to wear the shirt on the bus. It's fine now. Mm. James, what about you do? How you doing, buddy? He's um, got a concussion, um, so you'll have to bear with him. Yeah, I might be a bit slow tonight with a bit of concussion, but yeah. Sunderland 4-0, so everything's good in the world. Yeah, something had to balance it out, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, could, it couldn't <laughs> just be a win. And we've I got, thought I might have been hallucinating. <laughs> we've got uh, Mickey Luff with us today. How you doing, Mickey? I'm champion, mate. Happy clapping does pay off. <laughs> it does eventually. <laughs> Law of averages states that you have to be happy eventually. But yeah, we've got. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Uh, Gav, what do you make of the game, mate? Um, well, I don't think we can say much else other than that was just amazing. Mm. I'm still in shock, actually. Um, I don't think it's actually sunk in yet just how brutal we were and how. It's just it's a type of, it's a type of performance you expect to see against us rather than see us put in. Um, it kind of makes it kind of makes all the rubbish days worth it as well because um, when things like this happen and it totally throws you off and it just makes you so happy, doesn't it? And um, watching watching the game back, I've watched it probably twenty thirty times. I'm not even lying. Like that's not just the highlights either. I've watched the full ninety. It just shows you, doesn't it? Like whenever we do win. Um, you can't get enough of it, and it just makes you wonder how good things could be if we had a good team that that done this more often. Because we were just amazing at the weekend, uh, from start to finish. For me, I mean, uh, we're saying that we did start the game quite ropey. I thought, I thought neither team really asserted themselves from the off, and it took a while for us to get going. It took a while for the likes of Oviedo to get going. Actually, I thought he was outstanding, but for the first ten minutes or so, he was just settling in. Um, once we got that first goal, though. I think it was around eight minutes in. Uh, it just totally, it, it just set us on the path. To, you knew, I, I knew we were going to win from that point. I mean, I know Palace have got a decent squad, and they are they are capable of, of beating anybody because they have 
the likes of Ben Teke and Zaha. And if if you don't shut players like that down, they're going to torture you. But fortunately for us, we were just we were just prepared. I don't think Palace knew what to expect with Sunderland. I think they thought were they well. I think they thought that we were just going to turn up and they were just going to win. And it was going to be simple. You know, you saw Sam Allardyce toddling down the touchline, dancing. Um, you know, it just that. Well, as soon as I saw that, I thought he's he's totally not taking this seriously because. If he was, he would realise his team are in the shit and he really needs to beat us. He wouldn't be dancing down the touchline. You know, one win in midweek doesn't make up for the fact that he's had a really poor start of life there. Um, and I know I might, some might say I'm overdoing it with that. Like, but to be honest, it showed me that they weren't prepared. I didn't feel that Palace looked prepared. Um, they weren't able to deal with our defensive threats, which were corny, for, well, corny from the corner. Um they weren't able to to deal with Defoe. I thought that Tompkins was awful um, for two of the goals as well. Uh, the, the, the first one, he gets outjumped by Lamine Coney, and then the way he gets turned for our last is just embarrassing for a Premier League defender. Um, so, from our perspective, it was just great to catch a team off guard and well, and really, you know, put the boot in. It was awesome. Wasn't it? I mean, Lamine Coney was like as solid as I've ever seen him. He was absolutely immense. I mean, he's just. He just bullied people. I thought Palace look they look quite disjointed, don't they? As a side, they don't look very balanced. Um, you mentioned Oviedo. I mean, I, what a what a debut! I mean, in stark contrast to Patrick Van Arnold um, for Palace. Like, I mean, he was he gave away the free kick in the in the run up to our first goal, didn't he? Um, I mean, Lamin Kone. He's it's an unbelievable finish. I mean, it's a striker's finish. It's it, it's it's clinical. I mean, Jermaine Defoe was just... I'd, I'd, I'm not sure I've ever ever seen a better goal scorer for us. That's including Supercav. Like, I mean, he's he's so clinical. I mean, maybe the keeper should do a tad better with Jermaine's first. But the second one, I mean, he's put, he has Tompkins on toast. And it's just an unbelievable finish. And um, Didier Ndong was just... I mean... He looks a completely different player since he's come back. He's 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 quick. He's full of energy. I mean, he's always been full of energy, but he seems to now want to pick up the ball and he moves a bit with it. And the Sunderland were just outstanding, especially in the first half. They were just absolutely class. What do you take from it, Mickey? I think that Crystal Palace reminded me of Sunderland in a lot of ways. The kind of typical Sunderland performances we're associated with seeing. So I think. There was a lot of kind of aimless diagonal balls into the box, which we just caught with all day, which was really pleasing. As has been touched on earlier, Corney was dominant throughout. O'Shea, before he came off, kind of coasted through the game. Oviedo nullified the threat of Zaha in the first half. And as I say, it was just really good for once to say a team like Palace struggled to break us down and to see how well we dealt with that aerial threat because previously in the season, we haven't dealt with direct player like that. Mm, yeah, I, I yeah. completely agree there. Actually, it was. Um, I mean, I certainly think we got. I, I wouldn't say lucky because I agree with you all in the sense that Palace looked like they underestimated us completely, and that's probably more directly Allardyce's fault than the players themselves. Um, I think he, yeah, he's obviously he's an opinionated man. He's made his mind up already about who he thinks is going down, who he thinks is staying up. I think we'll surprise him. I mean, it's early days. It's early days. I've got to say that. Um, Obviously, the game was fantastic. It was. I was in a state of shock. I was half in and out of my seat at the same time, especially those three goals in, what, six minutes, wasn't it? 
that was immense seeing something like that I couldn't believe it so I, we've I, seen that loads demo just not for yeah, us yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> it's making it all the more shocking but yeah. um, talking about yeah the players I, I thought Oviedo had a fantastic debut he was he was a quality player he is a quality player judging from that um, I thought as well Gibson when he came on I mean he it's sort of a quiet role to play, really. But at the same time, it, it, there was no hesitation there. There were no mistakes when it came to these short passes. And he seemed like the sort of player that he was described as, that he mm. could string passes together from the midfield. He could make play happen just with his accuracy, which, I mean, obviously that was in uh, it was in a short supply and it wasn't as spectacular as in Dong, for example, who, I, I mean, you say since he got back, he's, he's become phenomenal. But... Um, Gav said, I think earlier in the week about it, um, he's been better. He's he's been getting steadily better and better since we signed him. Um, even when we first had him, and no one really, everyone, everyone, the uh, the valuation or the transfer money we paid for him, they had that stuck in their head. So they were expecting this, well, this sterling performance, this standout goal scoring midfielder, all of a sudden young lad, pacey, tricky, something like that, and they didn't get it. But statistically. He's been very strong for us anyway. He's been one of our best players since we signed him for the majority of the games he's been involved in. Um, but talking about Ndong, <laughs> that goal, man, that was something else. That completely took me by surprise. I well, mean, We've been calling for him to take more shots for ages, haven't we? Yeah. It's an unbelievable strike. And it's on his weaker foot as well, isn't it? Um, I mean, he, I just, he's so tenacious to win the ball in the first place. Um, he, he just makes that midfield look so much more balanced with his energy. Um, Jack Rodwell alongside him it's a real shame I mean obviously you all know I'm not his biggest fan but it's a real shame to see him go off injured because the last two games he's actually seemed to have asserted himself on them a lot more than he than he has done Um, I think he did against Liverpool as well Jim yeah Uh, yeah, I I think I think and the coincidence there is that he played alongside Didier and Dong in that game and Dong went off to the African Cup of Nations didn't he after that and then and then all of a sudden he's formed dips, and I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that when you put somebody next to him who's busy and does the crap jobs on the pitch, running around, win the ball back, tracking back, I think then you you, you will see more from the likes of Rodwell and Gibson actually, because Gibson's not a grafter; he's he's quite a, a luxury player. You, he, he'll get the ball and he'll pass it forwards for you, and he'll yeah. he'll try and dictate play. I do think that when he came on, the game kind of suited him the pace at that. At that time, we were just happy to sit back and, and protect our lead at that point, and it really did suit him, didn't it? It did. I think literally, I, I had that written down. I mean, it's it's just it's very easy to come on at four nil, you know. And uh, there was he had a lot of time. I mean, he was neat and tidy, like wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't scared mm. to move the ball. I mean, he moved it forward a lot of the times. But uh, I think he's he's going to need probably a few more weeks to get up to up to full fitness and a match match condition really um i'd like to see him come in for seb larson who <clears throat> was all right i mean he put in a put in a good shift but he actually started the game pretty pretty poorly didn't he i mean um sam was saying he should have been sent off and he could have easily have been sent off if we're honest with ourselves i mean i i wouldn't have sent him off but we've seen both of those challenges been booked before for them so he was probably a bit lucky to still be on the pitch yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good to see that sort of uh, passion, but I suppose the question remains: is it passion or is it is it is it a mistake? I mean, the trouble with Seb Larson is he's been with us for quite some time now. He's been with us so long, and 
as a, a regular, you know what I mean? Not never as anything spectacular. I mean, apart from his occasional free kicks, which are sadly fewer and far between now as as times go by. Um, I just don't see. He doesn't really impact himself on the squad, does he? he? Doesn't make that much of a difference. And I think for all it's lovely to have someone who is willing and able and ready to take up or fill that role in the squad. That, that's pretty much all. It isn't so much a role. It's more like a, a spot, like an empty space. And it's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll put Seb there. Exactly, like filler. And I think, I mean, probably getting ahead of myself now because we don't know where, where the season's going to end or where we're going to be. But certainly that's a, a position. His spot should be up for grabs in the, in the well, very near future. Hopefully we'll see. I mean, see Catamol come back sooner rather than later. I'm sure. I mean, there was there's a couple of social media clips coming from the from the club in the past couple of weeks, and it looks like he's, you know, nearing like full training. I guess um, so. It'd be phenomenal to have him back because if we can have him, him and Ndong alongside each other, and then either a Rodwell or you know maybe Gibson if he gets up to full fitness, you know, it starts to look like a midfield which can, you know, probably control a game more than it certainly could you know a couple of months ago um when we need that because when you have a player like Ndong and when the midfield looks a lot stronger like it did you when you have players like Adnan Yanazai who was was fantastic at the weekend um I thought Moyes got it absolutely bang on by putting him in the side instead of Barini um I mean he got two assists and he gave he gave Palace a torrid time and I think when you've got a more solid uh, controlling central midfield in there, you can allow players like Yanazai to maybe drift in and out the game. But when he is in the game, you saw the impact he has. Yeah, just quickly on um, just quickly on Lawson there. Um, I did think at one point he should have been taken off because I th- although I thought I thought the there uh, his, his yellow card was harsh actually. Um, after that, he he just looked like he was going to get sent off, didn't he? And he was marauding around, um, fouling people, and I think had he made one more, he would have been off. So it was a big call from the manager actually to keep him on the pitch. Um, I was I was advocating taking him off. I'm quite glad he didn't though because he had a really good game after he'd been booked, particularly in the second half. He helped to slow it down a lot. Um, he set off he set off Yanazai for Defoe's first, I think, um, which was a great pass to pull the ball out wide. So, you know, it, it paid off. It was good management in that sense. I mean, I know we do give Moyes a bit of stick on this podcast, but um, I think the decision to keep Larson on the pitch was a big one because had we went down to 10 men at 1-0, which was entirely possible, um, it could have completely changed the, the you know the whole complexion of the game. I think I, I agree with you in that sense, but I, I think it was too much of a risk to take, to be honest. I think in that regard, he was, he was lucky. But... Um, we're moving to Twitter, our uh, questions as per usual. Got one from Daniel Parker. Uh, are people finally starting to realise in Dong's worth, particularly after the AFCON exposed just how much we missed him? What do you think about that, Mickey? Yeah, definitely. Um, the point I would like to make is that I think at times we forget that the lad is just 22 years old. And you look at Honeyman when he came into the team and he was seen as almost a revelation, which I know was based on how rubbish the other players were. But and Dong, when you look at the way he can dominate a game, he can, as you say, he breaks up the play really well. His off the ball works excellent. His passing's not great, but he never hides. He always wants to get involved in the game. As you say, the other day he had a shot on him. And then you compare that to the likes of Honeyman, who is the same age as him. And again, he's just a completely different player. Hmm. Yeah, that's valid. I, I can see your point there. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, people do. People do quickly forget how young that player is, and it, as, like, as I said earlier, the having that transfer fee attached to you. I mean, it happens all the time with bigger clubs with much bigger transfer fees. Do you know what I mean? But as soon mm. as the words transfer <clears throat> record were bandied around, do you know, that was it, and it was everything was expected of this player. I mean, to be honest, we we're all fans, so we're all probably partially guilty of it ourselves. Do you know what I mean? If they don't hit the ground running, it's very frustrating. But I imagine it's equally as frustrating for them. I think certainly uh, people are starting to realise now. I mean, you've only got to look up statistically what he does and what he brings to the team to see that he's definitely certainly worth the money, considering we paid, what, a million pounds up front for him anyway? Yeah, that's, so, that's the key point, Damo, isn't it? Because everyone bands around the record. I mean, we say go on about it most weeks. And because, obviously, it had that in inverted commas record transfer fee, I think if they'd come out and said we'd paid what we actually did for him, people would be giving him a lot more time. But as soon as you have that in a commas record transfer fee, people are very, very quick to judge. And as Mickey said, he's a young lad, isn't he? And if he continues on this trajectory of improvement, um, we could have a decent player on our hands, you know? I mean, he's the one thing we've always said about Ndong is he doesn't um, shy away from wanting the ball. And I think that's quite key, especially in a team that largely underperform. You need someone who wants the ball. You don't want someone like Jack Colback who completely hides, you know. Um, so let's hope it continues. With with, with Dong as well, I know I know the fee the fee of thirteen million is obviously the the four. It kind of reminds of when Craig Gordon was here, and every time he played, it was like, well, he cost us nine million quid, you know. Oh, he was our record buy, and it and it, it overshadowed his actual ability for a long time, and. Um, it would be good if if people were more aware of actually what we did pay for Ndong. I know we've we've spoke about it a lot on this on this show. It's pretty common, pretty much common knowledge now. But I don't know the the con the general um, the general view of most Southern fans is that he cost us a lot of money when, in truth, in football terms, he didn't. And that that really has to be taken into account because it's all insensitized. Is that the word? Insensitized. <laughs> um, it, the, the what what we end up paying for the guy is dependent on how well he actually does here. So we've took a bit of a risk on him, really. Mm. Um, and for me, it's it's a risk worth taking. You just you you look at what his raw abilities are. He's great at passing short. He's not so great at passing long, but that can come with time. He's got great immense drive. His energy is tremendous. He's enthusiastic. He always wants the ball, like you just said yourself before. You know, there's a lot to work with there, especially in the Premier League. We've just seen Leicester win a Premier League with a centre midfield player who did that job for them. And then as soon as you come out of that team, the you know, the true ability has been shown, really, because those type of players are worth their weight in gold if you can find them. Now, I'm not saying Didier and Dong's in goal are can't it by any stretch. What I am saying is, to a team like us, if you can find a player who can do all of those things... It's it makes it worth it, and I've said it all season with Ndong. I think he's been given an unfair ride. I think some of the stick he got early doors was pathetic. Even when he was playing well, people still wanted to slag him off. People still wanted to give stick the boot in and say, "Oh, well, he didn't do this. Well, he didn't do that. Well," but ignoring the basic stuff, which is the amount of ground he covers, the amount he gets stuck in, the amount that he just does for the team. Complain about us not having enough people who care. Yeah, you've got a lad there who you, you, you could never level at him because he tries his best every week. So it's, I, I was over the moon to see him play well because I've been saying for a long... I don't I don't like to be one of those, I told you so, but I just think that if people had gave him the time 
to develop earlier, maybe we'd have seen more of these performances rather than rather than seeing a, a player who looked fairly scared and it was not nervous, ready. Yeah, just uh, one oh, last no. point. Uh, just one last point, and then Dong before we move on. <laughs> you're good to go, buddy. Um, well, the point I want to make, though, and Dong, he came into an absolutely horrendous set of circumstances. Like the morale at the club was absolutely at rock bottom. The manager was already being questioned really early on. There was nobody else who was really standing up to the step up to the plate, rather, and taking responsibility. And he was in a new league which he hadn't played in, a country where he didn't speak the language, and I just think that people were far too quick to judge him, and now we're seeing like, what happens if you give people a bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. We're talking about our... Um, well, yeah, talking about players, I suppose we can talk about a former player, uh, Patrick Van Anholt. We've got a question on Twitter. Does PVA not being in the team contribute to our clean sheets or just a coincidence? Um, I'll field that one for a little bit. Yeah, I think there is, a, so there is certainly a bit of both. Uh, we saw him concede for another team. We saw him allow our striker to get past him rather than someone else's striker to get past us. So I think there's definitely uh, a bit of yeah, there's a bit of coincidence, and there's there's a bit of the fact that he, we all know he can't defend. Do you know what I mean? But that's the reality. When I mean, I was saying on the last episode when we sold him, I was saying that we needed to replace his attacking abilities, but no, not once. Even those who were saying, "Well, we we need a replacement for this. We need to do something with this 14 million," no one was saying. It was because he's a good defender. So, absolutely, it was the biggest problem for for potentially for our defensive line. Was particularly when you look at how Oviedo played uh, in comparison, and he'd been described also as a uh, a fullback that focused more on attack than defence. I'd heard that said about him, um, but that didn't strike me as the case. Do you know what I mean? I think he performed no, admirably, no. admirably, and I'd, I'd, I think he's Patrick Van Anholt defensively is a shadow of him just on that one performance. Well, I would I would like to see more of Oviedo, but I mean, I do agree that he didn't strike me as a player who was weak defensively. I mean, just look at the the tackles he made in the lead up to two of our goals. You know, he he he, he got stuck in the whole game. Zaha had an absolute nightmare against him. Got to the point where they just stopped attacking that side of the pitch because they couldn't get through him. Um, yeah. And it was it was as good as a defensive performance I've seen all season. It was as good a debut as I've seen. Um, I mean, f- for a left back, does it get much better than that? Really, I think he got forward when he could, um, but he, he definitely he definitely sat in more, which was probably tactical. I would have thought we might see more in games where um, he's not expected to defend as much or you know man mark a winger because Zaha is their biggest threat, and the key really to stopping them was to stop him, wasn't it? And that was pretty much Oviedo's job. Um, so. You know, hopefully at the weekend against Southampton, um, we'll see what he can do going forward as well. You know, because by all accounts he is very good going forward. I'm very impressed based off what I've seen, though. Yeah, I guess we've got to kind of temper expectations a bit because remember Mankilo's uh, debut against Saints. We were saying the same about him. <laughs> True. Look yeah, where that true. went. But well, I mean, yeah. you're looking at Patrick Van Arnold. I mean, <clears throat> I I said previously. I mean, we had two clean sheets all season. And now we have back-to-back clean sheets once he's left. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I think, like, we're well shot of him. I don't think he was welcome in the dressing room. I think his attitude stinks. Um, yeah, we're well shot of him. Yeah, I, I think I would add to that as well, yeah. that we. I mean, we heard rumours of some sort of dressing room bust-up 
Um, not sure what the actual official stance on that is, whether that's true or not. Certainly, I think we've heard enough of it to believe that he was... <laughs> He wasn't liked or something like that. He, he, he certainly didn't get along with a few players. I heard something about him fighting with Defoe. I mean, I, again, I don't know if there is anything to that. Um, but yeah, certainly when you consider the last two games, purely on the fact that uh, he's not there, is that is that something that contributes to the overall team spirit? Do they feel more like a team unit? Uh, perhaps. I'm, I'm not sure. It might do. I mean, no one wants to work with someone who sat there moody. I mean, it's. I mean, Callum said it a few weeks back, didn't he? Where, like, you know, if your boss is well up for it and your boss is positive, you feel more positive. I'm sure it's very much the same with teammates. If you're looking around the dressing room and you see someone who's got the face on because someone's tapping him up, some analyst has been tapping him up, you know, not having that person around there, um, that can only help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, going back to the questions, I think we'll do one more question, certainly. Um, and it is, I suppose, it's the overarching question. Uh, that we're all sitting here with on our minds. Um, basically, it's from Lee Charters. Uh, he's asking, do we need to be conserved or is this a genuine turn in our season? What do you reckon, Gav? Um, it definitely feels like a turn in our season. I think when I when I think back to previous years when we've, we've stayed up, the Great Escape season, for instance, even last year, there was definitely, there, was, there were defining moments where things seemed to turn for us. Uh, and for me, this is the type of win that does that for you. Obviously, it's impossible to say right now because we need to see another performance against Southampton where we win the game because, you know, the grand scheme of things, the three points and the performance was brilliant, but all it's done really is pull us closer to the teams around us. You know, Hull won. Um, Swansea have been in some decent form recently, which has given them some ground. So we did need to win. It was a must-win in my eyes. Um, but... Obviously, it's got to be followed up, hasn't it? We can't, we can't just, we can't just get beat off Southampton now because that kind of makes this whole um, the way that we all feel right now. It kind of makes it irrelevant if we don't win, and not to put you know a negative slant on it, but we do really need a positive result next weekend, and that that's mm. not a draw, um, it's a win because we need to go on a run of games. I said this uh, off chat to people. I've said this to friends in every year that we've stayed up. Recently, we, we've had a good run of games. Um, I didn't feel before Saturday that this side was capable of it, but then again, I've always said I've learned not to write Sunderland off because we've been in worse positions than this and stayed up. So from that perspective, yeah, um, it could be a defining moment, but it means nothing, like I say. It means nothing at all if we don't win next weekend or at least yeah. show that we're capable of winning. Yeah, I, I mean, Moyes has said a couple of times, hasn't he, that... Um, we need to go on another run. I mean, we went on a run a few a few months back where the Bournemouth results seemed to like kick us into gear, and then we got three or four wins, and we everything seemed to pick up a little bit. We need that again. We need to, as Gab said, we need to beat Saints um, because there's a whole weekend off after that with the FA Cup. Um, so if we can go into the weekend after beating Southampton, you know, you're taking a real good feel good. Um, feeling onto the training pitch for a couple of weeks and that can massive massively help for this back end runner you know i mean after that we've got everton away and then man city at home um i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't rule out Moyes getting you want being very hard to beat and maybe getting a point at everton man city at home i mean that's almost a free hit isn't it you know you expect to get beat if you can get anything that's great 
And after that, we've got Borough, Burnley, Watford, Leicester. That run of four games, absolutely massive. That defines our season, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. On, uh, sorry, sorry, just to jump in. On, on that as well, uh, after that little break that we've got, um, Pickford's back, which, you know, if you can go, if you can win the next game and then have that in your mind, knowing that, you know, one of your most important players is coming back into the team. Um, mm. It's, you know, the, the, what it does for confidence is amazing. So, yeah, that, that 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 performance at the weekend has to be carried on. We need, we need to win two or three more games um, in the next four or five for me. Otherwise, otherwise it, it means nothing. Yeah, I, I just... Go on, Mickey. I just think with Southampton, intent is going to be so important because if you cast your minds back to the Leicester game, where for once we did come out on the front foot, we attacked Leicester and it got the crowd really motivated early on. And even though we didn't score when we had that period of pressure, we still went on to win the game. And I think on Saturday it needs to be a similar vein. I remember in the previous one of form, we went to Swansea after a few good results and we went there, we set up really defensively. And for me, we just can't afford to do that. If we want to put a run of form together, we need to start like with attacking intent and like get the crowd going and just get everyone pulling in the same direction. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. I mean, going to Twitter as well, just for the last question we've got time for. Um, it's from D Sharp. Moyes to keep same formation against Southampton 3 at the back. Uh, what would you make of that, James? Do you think that's likely to happen? Do you think that was something that we're going to see more of? I'd hope so. I think Moyes got it pretty much bang on. You know, I thought we looked we looked really solid. Um, I think the fact that Gillibodji's not playing makes a massive difference because I think he's just he's a bit of a clown. Um, as long as we can keep someone like Lamincone fit, um, I think we've got a really really good chance of, of of putting a good run together. I mean, we've I've been probably a bit hasty to. Um, question his attitude at times but I guess right now if you're David Moyes you've got to say to him look prove yourself and play the way we know you can for the next six months and you, you could end up at a really really good side um, just we really need to keep him fit I think I think I think the other players around him step up when when he's there I think I think he, he just brings such a calm and um, you know he's got like a calm and presence with the other players Denier looks a better player with him O'Shea looks a better player with them. Um, Billy Jones had a real bad spell of form, and then once Coney come back in the team, playing on the right side of that, that defence alongside him, it just seems to have made Jones a better player. So I think that's important with keeping him fit. I, I know we've spent time this year talking on the podcast about like you know his attitude stinking and him not putting enough effort in, in games, but he looks pretty focused now. And you know we've got to be fair and say that he's pretty much our most important player than the four right now, because, Agreed. you know, as a defensive unit, we, we've been awful for large parts of this season. It's no coincidence that when he comes back into the team, we keep two clean sheets. Mm. He looked motivated, didn't he? He just looked, he looks, he looks different to what he did. I think maybe the fact that January's been gone, and he knows right now, you know, I'm, I'm here for the rest of the season, get your head down. Um, because honestly, if if he plays the way we the way we know he can, there's, I think he could end up at, a, at an Arsenal or somewhere. I think he's that good. I think you look at the, someone like Arsenal; they they're crying out for a centre half like him. Hmm. That's an interesting point. So, well, we'll expand on that and see what happens. Hopefully, not anytime soon. Um, 
Yeah, that's all we've got time for, really. I mean, we'll round it up maybe with some quick predictions. Uh, what do you reckon, Gav, against Southampton? Um, I do think we'll win. I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be as catastrophic as it was at the weekend where we, we'll score three or four. I think it might be a close one nil. But I do think we'll win. I think Southampton are, Southampton are a good side, but you know who are capable of beating anybody. But at the same time, they're prone to losing daft games, and they haven't got the the best centre halves at now. You know the sole font, Van Dijk's injured. They're on about signing Casares, the free transfer. So, you know, I've, I've, I fancy us. I do. I fancy Defoe score against anyone if we can get the ball to them in, in the way that we did at the weekend. Then I think we'll win. Fair enough. I'm going to plump for a similar thing, maybe a two-one for us. What about you, James? 3-1 Sunland. 3-1 um, Sunland, you made for a hat-trick. Easy. Easy as uh, pie. Mickey? <laughs> I'll continue the positivity. I'm going to say a 2-1 to Sunland. Like Gav says, we've got to take advantage of their defensive, like, them last Frailties. season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, thanks for joining me today, lads. It was good. Nice to have something Later to celebrate on. and talk about uh, that isn't completely horribly depressing. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us too, to our listeners. That's all we have time for. Join us again next week for what will hopefully be another weekend of celebration following our match against Southampton. Don't forget you can subscribe through the Acast app or iTunes. And uh, this is the Work Report signing off. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.